This podcast may contain coarse language. Listener's discretion is advised. Also, this podcast will obviously contain spoilers for Demon Slayer. Please beware, listen at your own risk. Hello and welcome to the Demon Slayer Podcast. Today I'll be your host. Uh, my name is Marion, also known as Microwavy. Uh, and with me today I have my usual co-host, B-Lord and Sakaki. Say hello. Hello. Sup, folks? Not much. Uh, and we have a very special episode today because, uh, as you guys may have known, we did record a retrospective on Demon Slayer for Manga Mavericks, but... Uh, we decided it's time to do our own because, you know, it's been a good, I think over a year, a year and a half, almost two years. I don't know. The concept of time is fuzzy uh, considering what happened in 2020. But um, with us today, in order to talk about Demon Slayer, we have Chris, uh, also known as Rolo T on Twitter and the host of the WMR uh, Weekly Manga Recap Podcast. Hello. How's it going? Going great. How are you doing? Excellent. I am as good as the current world state will allow me to be in. Okay. <laughs> I respect that. Sometimes uh, sometimes that's just enough. Yeah, you don't want to get too big for your britches. Because then you start thinking about things and you're like, no, I'm sad again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no, that's that's yeah, definitely how it goes. You don't want to get knocked down a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say Tanjiro had enough of that. Demon Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, Chris, uh, you host your own uh, manga podcast. Uh, do you want to talk about your history with manga in general? Like, how'd you get into it? Uh, yeah, sure. So I first started reading manga, it probably been around 2005 or so, right when I was like in high school. I had a friend of mine, uh, his name was Frank, who I've talked about on our show uh, a couple times who we were both nerds. We watched Toonami and, you know, we, we saw anime through there and it was one of those things of just like, oh, hey, I was at Barnes and Nobles the other day and they had a manga section and my friend just picked up a whole bunch of manga all the time. It would talk about like, oh yeah, I've gotten ahead of the anime because I'm reading the manga. And eventually he would just tell me about all the series he would read. And I was like, you know, this sounds pretty interesting. I'll start, I'll start reading along with it. And that's just how it began i usually would like i'd start borrowing series from him and i think the first series i ever purchased for myself was i want to say beat the vandal buster nice oh yeah (laughs) nice sakaki is pogging out of his mind right now (laughs) yo i love beat so much It was it was such a great first series because you're like this is just a video game like it's a hundred percent there's experience points and all this it's it's a hundred percent a video game. I mean they they are the Dragon Quest like mangaka and writer for Dai's Adventure oh, so they pretty Ooh. much invented manga manga video game <laughs> like UI and shit. So <laughs> I just learned something I never I never thought to look into that but now that you say it, it makes sense. Awesome. Yeah, dude. I, I honestly like beat is a very big uh, void in my experience. I feel like I'm I'm like overdue to check that out. Um, yeah, dude. Like I I think I read like a good like two volumes. Uh, but I was like borrowing it from my library, and then yeah, at some point I was like, oh yeah, I I can't get the rest. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna find them. But uh, well, I'll get back into it. Honestly, I think it's a it's a very uh very iconic very influential series i would say 
Yeah. And there was there was that period where like before Jump was like I think this might even before Jump had an English magazine that just had like Yu-Gi-Oh, One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach, I think, in it, or Dragon Ball. Like there was a period where it was just like the sort of odd assortment of series that managed to get over and get translated. So there was a lot of stuff you just pick up and you'd be like I'll give iShield 21 a try. And you're like, oh, this is the most amazing thing I've ever read in my life. This this is fantastic. Or like, you know, you read something else. You're like, oh, this is hot garbage, but I'll continue to read it. You know, a volume comes out once every four months. It'll be fine. Yeah. Honestly, the the industry and like how you you, like interacted with it, like it was so different back then. Uh, Like the dependency, because like we didn't have uh, the internet like now, like the fact that you can just go to, the Shonen Jump website and you can read chapters for free and like dude it was so different uh, I'm very glad that um, we still had the whole like the print magazine thing going on like dude like uh, the I remember being in like grade school and like oh yeah you can get a weekly Shonen Jump from the Scholastic Book Fair and I'm like yes please Yu-Gi-Oh is like my favorite thing ever and it's like yeah it's right here it's educational. It's it can't not be if it's at the Scholastic Book Fair. Exactly. You you know how I, how I roll. Yeah, you're like I picked up the Yu-Gi-Oh manga, Seven Eyes Spy books, and uh, Captain <laughs> Underpants, and a telescope, and a colli- yeah, and a kaleidoscope. <laughs> so this is all educational. God. Oh man, that yeah, I'm, I'm, I co-signed. Very wonderful backstory. So. uh Okay, I guess moving things a little forward, how'd you get into Demon Slayer? Uh, so, I've been doing a podcast with my buddy Nick uh, for, we just celebrated 10 years now, Weekly Manga Recap. Congratulations. And, thank you. Uh, I shouldn't have said it as though I was, like, waiting for, like, <laughs> the gratitude or something like that. I just wanted to give the context that we've been doing the show for a while. Uh, and we were doing it back when uh, Jump was a digital magazine and series would get introduced to it and get like three chapters published what they would call jump starts and Mm. then they would sort of decide whether or not they were going to continue uh publishing it and often we would also decide on our end if we were going to continue recapping it because there are a couple series we were just like hey we're not feeling this we're going to stop it and demon slayer was one of those series where we just weren't feeling it uh, I can't remember if they picked it up specifically or if they picked it up just for volume sake and then eventually like got it to weekly translations. Um, my timeline's a little fuzzy on that, but mm-hmm. I didn't follow Demon Slayer at all through essentially its entire run. I heard a lot of good things on it, and it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm glad that it's you know successful for everybody and everybody seems to enjoy it, but I don't read it or anything like that mm. um so and then just so you're admitting you were on the wrong side of history it's okay yeah oh it happens all the time trust me <laughs> you listen to weekly manga recap and you'll usually get like a, a scalding bad take from from me every single week i also was like sakamoto days this is awful no one will read this garbage and now i'm like oh i can't wait for it every week <laughs> um but within this past year uh or i should even say within the past like four months i've decided to start kind of picking up some of the the uh, blind spots I have, especially in like recent jump history. So I went back and read, read through Haikyuu. Oh, I was yes. like, oh, I love this. I, I loved it to the point I had read, which was basically like the Tokyo training arc. And I was like, I'm going to go back and read it. And I was like, I just I destroyed it. I, it's like the first time I've ever read enough chapters that showed a jump vault was like, no more today. <laughs> Good. Good friend, you're done. <laughs> Good. I'm proud of you. That's like. I I have so many feelings over Haikyuu. I'm actually a, a, a co-host for the Haikyuu podcast, and uh, oh, I, when, so the, when the series ended, I had to like 
I was like, this is too much. I have to like write a blog post or something. And I, I did that too. If, if you're at all interested, I'll link that to you later. But like, I, absolutely. I, that, that it was such a great series. And I, I said after that, I was like, you know what? I want to keep doing it. So I have like a list of series I, I wanted to catch up on. And like the first choice I made was like, do I want to read Demon Slayer or, and I've been saying it for years now. I was like, or do I reread one piece from the time skip forward? And I thankfully picked Demon Slayer. I'm <laughs> still, <laughs> I'm still reading the one. I, I started to reread a one piece and 40 chapters later, I'm like, I am still in freaking Fishman Island. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Oh god, Fishman Island is actually like absurdly long when you go back to it. Um You're like, this was a really long time and I don't remember a lot of these details. There's so much Sanji nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh but yeah, I I just picked up Demon Slayer, uh decided to like make a commitment. I was like, I'll read 20 chapters a day, and for the most part kept up with that, although I will admit that um and I, I I'll apologize now, I'm terrible with character names. And a lot of times you might just hear me refer to them by what they did. So uh, the brother sister demons, when that fight happened, I was like, I, all right, I'm over 20 chapters for the night, but I'm just going to keep reading to finish this because I was like, I'm hooked. I need to find out how this ends, you know? So uh, it, it was a super, really good, enjoyable read. Good. And don't worry about names. I know many people just have trouble with like foreign names in general. We don't really care about that. Uh, if anything, I'm here as the, the the holder of useless knowledge who can <laughs> steer you in the right direction if you need someone's name. I, I, I will absolutely need it because I, <laughs> I, I'll basically like uh, to a certain point, I'm just like, you know, a uh, stone guy and uh, Yo, mate, insect, yeah. insect girl, but not insect girl. The other one the tiny she doesn't one? use insects. No, like I was like, she wears the butterfly in her hair, but she's not the insect uh, Hashira, that lady or whatever. This one, Derek? Now I, uh, isn't it like Canal or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Canal. Yeah, like that's just the thing where my mind goes where I'm like, I don't remember your name, but I'll remember details about your face or something. Call her the one with the Byakuga. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I should say. Better Neji. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah, she survived. Good for her. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> do you, do you have uh, actually any experience with the anime? Cause I know that was a, a big reason for a lot of people getting into the series. No, I really don't watch anime and it's not like an elitist thing. Like oh, I read the manga. I'm better than this. It's just, I'm too ADD. Like if I'm watching something, I need to be on my phone or doing something else at the same time. And I don't know Japanese enough to be able to follow along what's going on without constantly reading it. So it just never happens. Uh, I almost saw uh, Mugen Train while it was in theaters, but I decided to wait until I was fully vaccinated. And by the time that happened, it was it was out of theaters completely. Oh, uh, that's unfortunate. But yeah, I don't, I'm sure it'll be. Yeah, no, it I think uh, later this month, maybe by the time this episode is out, uh, it'll be available to rent. Uh, I know that it was Ooh. like given like a June slate i guess for it's like 10 days from now yeah it'll, it'll yeah you'll have time don't worry about it hot dog hot dog hot dog hot diggity dog anyway um do you have a favorite hashira and kizuki uh favorite hashira i liked a lot of them so much um i, I think i'm gonna go with um uh hamejima i believe the stone guy himejima I yeah i really liked him i don't know i i 
I have a penchant for like strong, like muscular characters who mm-hmm. normally in most series are uh, garbage and lame. <laughs> but he actually worked a lot in this series, so yeah, I, I, I liked him a lot. Yeah, um, he's super cool. And then for the demons, I, I, I re- like, I hate him, but I really did like the fight with Doma a lot, and just like I respect it. What, 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 what a, what a cock! Like he's <laughs> such a, oh, he's, he's such a fucking uh, sniveling little. He's, it doesn't even snivel because he's so cocky. He's oh god. Like I've heard the argument that people were like, ah, I wasn't really crazy about every demon eventually getting a sad backstory. And I'm like, well, Doma didn't. Doma was an <laughs> asshole in life and in death. He's just sucked all the way through. Yeah, that's like the best part. It's like he's just a terrible person. Yeah, like there's there's no moral like ambiguity in the end. Like, I don't know how I feel. You know, there's a lot of tragedy here. It's just like, yeah, everyone killed this dude. <laughs> so happy. Yeah, I'm horny and I'm God and I make the rules. That's him. <laughs> God. <laughs> Yes, that's Doma, according to him. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, good. I, I like uh, Gyomi too, actually. I think he's really underrated. Uh, Chris, you might not know this, but his voice actor is uh, actually the same as Joseph Joestar and Kakeyora. <gasps> Ooh, I like both of those characters. Yeah, so very, very nice taste. Um, Does he at any point say, oh my God, or holy shit? <laughs> I don't think so. Is that just like a meta thing they can translate between series? Actually, you know what? Uh, he does say Namu Abidabutsu, which is like a like a Buddhist prayer thing. Uh, I think if if we can get very, very loose with the translation, we can translate it as, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Ooh, all right. I like technically. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so does anything in the series stand out to you from a writing perspective? Uh, the biggest thing's the cast. I, I posted that tweet, uh, basically, sa- as soon as I finished it, saying, I think Demon Slayer is a series that has best utilized its cast out of any kind of modern shonen that I can think of. Um, now, a lot of that's partially because the series has a significantly shorter running time than most modern shonen as well. Although, I guess that kind of depends on what you consider modern, but that's a different topic for a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the notion that every Hashira gets to look cool. They all get their moment. The side cast never becomes more relevant as time goes on, which tends to happen so much in like long running shonen battle series. Uh, like you just look at like Bleach, where you're just like, yeah, by the end of it, who even? I don't even remember if Chad was in the final arc of Bleach. I don't know. Like he just uh, <laughs> he could have been somewhere. Who knows? He didn't do anything. Uh, well, yeah, he like, shows up at the end as a as like a professional boxer, which is like, uh, wasn't your whole thing at the beginning that you didn't like fighting? And now you do it for sport? Okay. Now now he does it for money, so yeah, it's like, okay uh, then. <laughs> Kubo, come on. Loophole. Uh, but that's the thing. Like, I, I just, I love how well every member of the cast feels important. And ultimately, like, because the series has this kind of shorter running time, they're able to, like, give their big moments also a sense of closure by ending some of those characters i mean like it's a brutal series and the fights towards the end pull no punches and like there's several where you're just like wow like three dudes got smoked in that match and almost all of them were good guys or something like that you're just like this is crazy okay actually since you since you brought this up like how how do you actually feel because this is a in our in our pocket in our little circle here uh all of us really kind of shat on uh obanai the snake dude because his backstory felt so like not out of left field, but like, oh yeah, I really don't have time to actually explore this, so let's just dump this here. 
Uh, he gets some of the more short change stuff because he doesn't have quite. I'm, I'm trying to remember when his big like storyline thing comes in, and it, it might just be against Muzan. Yeah, it was like yeah. after the the upper one fight. Because uh, I was gonna say he doesn't have one of the fights against the upper rank demon, unless you count the rank four demon or whatever, which I don't. But the Cyclops, no, that's not a yeah. fight. That's not a fight. <laughs> that's playing tag. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, he was fine. Like I, I think I admired him a bit more from like the training arcs uh, scenes that he had with Tanjiro mm-hmm. back when they were like doing like the Hashira preparation arc, or I don't know what you'd call it. Um, yeah, I, I, he was fine. I, I, I would say he's probably. I mix him and uh, the Miss Tashira up a lot. Oh yeah, they have like kind of similar silhouettes. Uh, their whole like yeah. demeanor, I guess, too, is not that far off. Besides, one is grumpy, the other is like tired. Yeah, exactly. So I tend to mix them up a little bit, but I also just like that he has like I don't know, it's kind of it's a little like cheesy, but he does have a kind of cute romance with uh, with Mitsuri that I was like, all right, I can dig this. Mm-hmm. Here's something going on. Yeah, it was cute. And he has his little uh, snake, too. Uh, at some point, we started making jokes of like, oh, man, the snake is more important. Like, <laughs> it survived. <laughs> it, it like Didn't it like pass on a message to Tanjiro? Did I hallucinate that? I think so, but I might also be mixing it up with the demon cat that shows up at one point. Who, in my mind. <laughs> That's our nickname for the cat. Because <laughs> we forgot the real name. <laughs> I was going to say, there was a, br- a period of time where I was like, F this series. This series sucks. It's stupid because it just looked like the cat got murdered. And then when they <laughs> showed the cat's demon and it comes back, I was like, this is the best series ever. <laughs> right up to the top, baby. Yeah, it's like it's new cat killing. <laughs> 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 All right. Awesome. Um, so I guess we now we can segue into the actual topic of discussion. Uh, how do you feel about the execution of the final arc in, like in general? Like. So what would you consider the final arc? Does that include all the fights inside of the fortress? Yeah, I would include that. I would say everything after um, when, uh, like, as soon as, like, Muzan, like, kills the Oyakata, I forgot his name. The, the master of the mansion. Yeah, Ubayashiki. Yeah, if, if you consider it from there, I thought the final arc was excellent. Like, it was relatively well-paced. Um, I thought Every fight in it is pretty memorable with the exception of one, which is mostly just because I don't really like Zenitsu at all. <laughs> um, but every other fight, I think, was like super memorable and really fun. Uh, we got a ton of great character moments, just a ton of emotional moments as well. Like mm-hmm. I, I tried to read uh, the last like 20 chapters while I was at work, like before the store had opened mm-hmm. and I had to stop. Cause I was like, I- I'm about to lose it right now. And I know <laughs> like two other sad backstories are coming. So I'm going to chill out here. Um, and I really actually dug the, uh, the final fight against Muzan. I have one of my favorite tropes. I think in anything that has like an action element to it mm-hmm. is when it's not a fight about who can kill who, but it's a fight about, trying to beat a time limit or to stall something out like it's attrition exactly one of my favorite D memories is a fight that was essentially like that and i love it anytime it happens because it's it's just such a much more interesting scenario than it's just like i have to power up to beat this person it's like i just have to survive like Mm -hmm. we're not there's beating was never coming into the equation here i just need to not die before this happens and it just it leads to such great moments when a character will show up knowing full well they can't stop this guy Mm -hmm. but if they just stall him for a couple seconds that's 
you know, vital. Yeah, dude, that was so hype. And, like, I think they did a, a really good job of just, like, making Muzan feel like that kind of, like, final boss material where it's just like, yeah, this this dude has survived, like, over a thousand years and it's, he's, like, untouchable. Uh, the, I, I, it was, like, so absurd, too. Just like, oh, yeah, he has, like, like five brains and six hearts. And, like, it's, in order to kill him, you would actually have to hit all of them at the same time or some bullshit. And it, yeah, okay, that's... It's impossible. It's it's appropriate. It's uh, yeah, like literally only the sun can kill him. Like it's terrifying, and it's a great thing too because it's it's honestly not even that long. Like that actual like showdown fight against Muzan is essentially like twenty chapters or so. Yeah, which again, I've been reading One Piece again for forty chapters, and I haven't <laughs> even finished a, like a, a mini arc essentially. Oh, so man. twenty chapters is nothing, but in that time frame. Muzan goes from being this like terrifying super threat to literally a giant baby at the end. Yes, because he's, <laughs> he he's into been Mayuri's conquered. <laughs> he's turned. He's become so defeated that he just turns into a giant baby and dies. And I was like, that is a fantastic character, like villain arc, where I'm like, this guy's terrifying. And at the end, I'm like, good, you burn, you stupid baby, you burn and die. No one likes you. Here's a crashing train just to put the cherry on top. Yeah, God, oh, I wish someone had thrown like a, a, a steamroller on top of it, <laughs> style. Yes. Oh man. Well, yeah. I think like one of the one of the biggest points of contention as uh, the series was like being serialized was, oh yeah, no, this Muzan fight is taking so long, and it's just like I think part of it was uh, a lot of the action was just like him like having like tendrils and like we would say like oh he's whipping his hair back and forth, but like you know it's just it, that kind of action. Uh, didn't make for I guess uh, some readers as like really exciting. So it, the fatigue probably like set in for them, like because it was just mostly back to back action chapters every week. Um, yeah, but and I can understand that too because I'm in the perspective of I read it all in one go. I mean, I may not have read the entire arc in one go, but essentially over three days I would read like twenty chapters at a time. So over three days I'm getting the whole story as opposed to a year and a half, like. I know just from doing the podcast that there are some times where you're like, I wonder how this read in a volume format mm-hmm. as opposed to a week to week format where you're desperately craving content. And sometimes you have to kind of read into things and things like that, where you're just like, I don't know, this is kind of boring me. You're just like, yeah, but maybe it'll read better when I'm reading 20 chapters at once as opposed to one chapter every week. Yeah. And we definitely did talk about that as well. Um V-Lord and Sakaki, do you guys, like, have any thoughts? Like, going back to that area, when we were actually, like, recording about the chapters as they were coming out, was there, like, something that uh, you feel, like, definitely holds up better now that it's, like, in volume chunk format? I think just the overall pacing of the final arc, because, like you guys said, like, I think when you're reading something on a kind of weekly schedule you're fragmenting it out in your mind. Well, when you're just sitting down with like an entire volume of like 10 to 12 chapters, like you're just thinking about that as like one continuous story. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, a lot of the complaints when the final arc was going was like, Oh, this is going way too slow. We're just <laughs> seeing Muzan whip and Nene every week. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's definitely a lot more intense in that kind of binging format. And I think that also helps Demon Slayer have a lot more kind of lasting appeal because at the end of the day, people are not going to be like reading this weekly anymore. They're going to be like sitting down and like reading it volume by volume or like all at once. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a 20 chapter fight, I guess, as opposed to like 200 plus chapters, fucking great ninja war or whatever. I was going to say, I think this, I think the fight against Muzan might've been shorter than the fight with Gerard and Bleach. Like (laughs) no one (laughs) even knows what that guy did. I forgot about that one. That one that had like three different phases. Yeah. And they didn't didn't finish it. It just ended. (laughs) They were just like, I don't know. He's done. God. Yeah. They never showed like the final blow. Wait, they did. I think they eventually just cut back and he's been defeated because he had he had overpowered everybody. I mean, I guess we're turning this into a bleach dunk on podcast right now, which is always fine in my book. But um, yeah, I don't I don't remember them ever specifically showing how he was defeated because his whole concept was like, uh, if I get close to death, I get stronger and overcome it. So it was like, all right, how how do you stop that? (laughs) Every time I think about bleach, I just think about. When uh, you and uh, Nick were talking about fucking Grammy, Gosh, man, I, it's that's infuriating to, me to think about. A Wait, character was that like can... that was just a brain? <laughs> it was a brain in a jar. <laughs> God damn it! It was a brain in a jar. It was so lame. <laughs> his powers of imagination, and he couldn't imagine beating this guy. <laughs> it's so it's so infuriating to think that's how that fight ended too. The power of imagination. He's like, this dude's too scary. I'm a brain in the jar now. I've lost. That shit is so funny. What? I, most of the back end of Bleach is just a blur to me. So this is all like almost new. There's probably a reason for that. <laughs> Protect yourself. <laughs> I guess my power of imagination is also lacking. <laughs> It's okay, you're better than Grammy, though. I was gonna say, if you had the power of imagination, could you imagine something cooler than throwing big rocks at people? Because that's all <laughs> Grammy does for the most part. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Alright. But we do know uh, someone in the, in the cast had good imagination. Muzan, uh, he's out here freaking... Okay, I really appreciated Muzan as a character, um, just because of, like, as the arc progressed, um... We had this whole discussion earlier, uh, like a year ago, about how like uh, he almost has like a like a kind of like a Kira kind of motivation, where it's just like, hey, I'm just living my life, you know. And then, but like these people are dying, but that's just the consequence of like them being at the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm like essentially like a like a natural disaster. You can't really you can't blame me for that. And like that kind of like attitude as it like progressed and like it it, it gradually devolved as he was like realizing like. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm supposed to like get rid of these humans and like they're actually stalling me. This is getting really annoying. And then, like the just like the his uh his sanity is like fraying. And then yeah. we get all the badass shit with uh, Tamayo and her poison and stuff like that. Like I just I really I I dig that whole I guess like the fall of Muzan and how uh, his character displays it in both like his speech and like uh, his demeanor in general. I mean, he went from I'm built different to maybe I'm built from the same stuff. <laughs> and then, like, Tamayo, Tamayo and uh, Shinobu are both like, actually, you're not, we're, we're, you're actually not built, you're not built of shit. You're, we're just taking you down now, man. We're breaking, we're literally burning down the house. They were the ones that, I mean, Sobote must be destroyed. No, Muzan must be destroyed. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> they brought down the house before Fujita could. Man, I really Shinobu is definitely like top two characters for me in the whole series. Yeah, God, I love Shinobu. Yeah, dude, I feel like all all of that like that whole Kizuki gauntlet was like amazing. 
Um, yeah. We were talking about Doma earlier, but, like, I, I love how a lot of the fights against the Kizuki turn into, like, uh, instead of, like, one-on-ones, they kind of, like, evolve into, like, team fights. It reminds me a lot of, like, Black yeah. Clover, and, like, parts that I really like about Black Clover are, um, when it's just, like, like, people teaming up against, like, uh, like a boss character, and, like, you get to see stuff like freaking Inosuke is, like, doing backup, because he, he has this absurd, like, sense of touch, and he's just like, oh, yeah, the air is going this way, I'm gonna do this, or whatever, and then make an opening for Kanao to do her thing, and, like, yeah, it's it's so good. I I just really like uh the action and like how it was it helps with the we also get some really cool character interactions later on. It's it I mean like the like the the fight I would think too is the Koku Shibo fight. Yeah. Where you're like this is like four people desperately like desperately fighting to try to stop this guy. And like the members of that group are like Oh, the the leader of the Hashira, who's like kind of like given like a quiet ambiance that maybe he's the most powerful of them all, and then like oh, a character with demon powers, and and the wind Hashira who's super strong. Like all these characters are built up, and they are literally dying trying to stop this guy. But everyone's just putting everyone's putting in just like that little bit of extra effort to try to stop it, and it it makes Kokushibo, um such a memorable character because like that fight just has that grueling intensity to it and it makes all of them look cool too because you're like this dude's crazy powerful and they're standing up against him for this long like everyone comes out of it looking better you know and the the thing is on top of that is just like oh yeah and like like this action is impeccable like just to look at and then you also have the layers on top of the characterization where it's like oh you have like brother relationships and like how yeah. that factored into the fight like uh the shinazugawa siblings like the win hashira protecting uh his, his his brother with the gun uh, the fucking golden kamui gun and uh uh i forgot his name uh missed guy T- tokito tokito yeah uh his whole thing like when they passed away and they had their whole thing with like uh how their backstories like kind of intersected and the whole yeah and even kokushibo was like oh even as like a demon, he was holding on to like the, the, the reed flute that his brother made. It's just like, dude, like these people. I oh. lost it oh, when they fuck. go through the flashback. And it's the whole thing about like my stupid, my, my weak little brother. He can't leave our mother's side. He's, he's that he's that pathetic. And then like towards the end, it's just like, wait a minute. His special eyes. He knew about her thing. He you was supporting her. She was clinging. walking. I, I, it was like a moment where I saw that. I was like. Fuck! You did this to me, and I'm just sobbing. Like it's just like ah, it's gone. It's it's done at this point. The waterworks have started, and I'm I'm just accepting the reality. It's so good, dude. Oh man, it just emotionally resonates like on so many levels. Oh man, fucking Giyu, Giyu with like Tanjiro, you have to live, and like fucking he's like emotionally breaking down because uh he doesn't want to go through the same thing where uh or Sabito died, or whatever, and he's like, oh, no, he has, like, this whole survivor's guilt thing going on, and, like, god damn, and he does, he he is, like, one of the few Hashira that survive, and, like, along with, like, the asshole brother, the wind, the wind dude, where it's just, like, oh, my god, the choices made were good. Oh, Sanami? Yeah, Sanami. Gilgamesh himself. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I have, I have this uh, encyclopedic knowledge of 
voice actors that is pretty useless and crisp. <laughs> no, man, it's just... No, it's impressing me a lot. I mean, it makes you just <laughs> that much more powerful, like, that you we, we can refer to these characters by their voice acting roles, and you know, oh, right, you probably know that better than their actual names. True. Marion's hiding his true blade. All you have to do is just find a way to weaponize it, and you'll be unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure out a way soon. Uh, we got time. Say you breathing. It's cool. Go ahead. Say you breathing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's how they that's how they pant in anime, right? <sighs> anyway, um, Sakaki, do you have like any any more thoughts on like the last arc, like in retrospective? I mean, we'll probably get into this a little bit more later, but like, I thought the first re, re I haven't really sat down and reread it since we were doing it weekly, but I, I, I'm getting close to that point because we've done some recordings and Demon Slayer is just, I mean, overall, it's just this series that when you pick it up, you just can't put it down. Even when it was like just reading it for, um, podcast, I was like, okay, I just need to read enough, you know, to talk about it a little bit more, but then I'd like find myself like pouring through it and unable to stop but i just haven't gotten to the final arc but from you know everything from our discussions and everything about it those still really like have a hold in my mind and because of the i think it's because there's just so much to discuss even we were just doing like what one or two episodes per um recording it was just like there's still so many layers that kind of peel through for each one and Mm -hmm. But yeah, the final arc itself, like, I want to sit down with it properly and read it in one go. But I do remember week to week, it was still really good. Even, honestly, I didn't really see, like, the whole Muzan whipping a good thing as a problem until, like, right before they defeated him. So then it was kind of like, okay, I'm getting a little bit kind of fatigued with this. But it was never, I never really thought about that much just because the character writing is just that strong. So yeah. it's just like I don't I didn't mind that the final fight wasn't this huge like Luzon going using his Bankai or some getting some like this isn't even my final form thing. I actually <laughs> I love that shit so much. I do too. That's and, one of my favorite tropes. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I do too. Seeing the good guy or the bad guy just push themselves and gain more powers as they fight. Like I mean I'm I, I like training arcs like as much as the next person, but I, I do have a special like place in my heart for just two dudes or two characters fighting and then they're in the middle of the fight they just pull i mean ass pulls or whatever fine whatever but Mm -hmm. i do love it when they're just like this secret form that they never talked about before and they just whoop it out and suddenly they're just like yeah I i love that stuff i will say like as we discussed um whoop and i and nezuko's roles i wish we could have seen more out of them like I was actually going to ask, uh, how do you think Nezuko's role aged? Because we were complaining about it a lot as it was uh, going on. Just the whole, oh, yeah, like she could have participated in the fight because I don't know why not. But yeah, like she really only shows up at the end. And that whole role was just to like bring Tanjiro back. And it was like, I guess, yeah, you know, the whole, what the fuck was the point then of the whole, the horned Oni form shit and like the fucking i don't know it was i was still pissed i was actually glad she didn't show up because one of my least favorite tropes in in like heroic stories is where distinctly you can't get the bad guy a certain thing that's what they need oh true like 
we just can't give them the redstone or they become a god. Or it's like my it's the thing that annoys me the most about the Defenders TV series. They're just like, Iron Fist, whatever you do, don't punch that giant door with your magic fist. And it's the first thing he does when he's in a situation there. You're just like, oh, you had one job. So I actually like that there's a shot of Nezuko running towards the town and she stops. I don't know if the implication is supposed to be that she realizes she'd be endangering everybody by being close to Muzan. Like if he gets her, he essentially can overcome everything like that's that's the key to everything for him mm-hmm. but i did appreciate her not being there because it was like i don't know how annoyed i would have been if it's just like god damn it like come on <laughs> you had one job don't let him get you basically that is you know i never actually thought about that and like just like the the concept of like oh yeah if nesuko were around uh muzan can just like freaking like absorb her like like dio or one of those super vampires or they just touch people and they dry up yeah. Uh, well, you know, I maybe I'm maybe I'm less salty now. <laughs> I know. I I totally get it because like some people would be like, oh, it's kind of annoying that she doesn't have any real role until like the very end. So like I could totally see people being frustrated because in a place where like every other character felt like they got some kind of focus, she's the one who doesn't really get any. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where I was like, I I think I just like it because it didn't fall into one of those tropes that I really don't care for. Yeah, I think like the root of that, uh, like uh, th- that kind of feeling towards Nezuko's character stems from the fact that like her role in the story is usually either like it, it, it veers towards like comic relief or plot device, uh, where it's just like, oh yeah, because she's a demon, uh, she can fight, but like half the time it's usually just like. Uh, I don't know how to how to describe it. It's like oh yeah, she's like backup or whatever. But um, she doesn't yeah, really the thing where they're when they're really in trouble. Then she's there and almost like I don't want to say so much a deus ex machina, but like she's like almost? a she's like Goku in a capsule. Yeah, hmm. yeah. And she's like almost. There. I mean, she could heal people with her blood. Then she goes like mostly demon and all these other things. Like, and it feels. Just a little bit like, she, as you said, she's like a plot device more than an actual character. Like, she's there to make sure everybody doesn't die and to give Tanjiro a reason to keep going. Because, like, when you think about I mean, well, to be fair to Tanjiro, I also don't think he would know that there's a world of demons. And even if his sister magically got turned human midway through, I don't think he's the kind of guy that'd be like, well, I got what I want. See ya. <laughs> True. He does have a sense of responsibility. Yeah, he would probably stick around even if Nezuko. I mean, that would be some compelling drama, though. Like, okay, I have to protect my sister in this world of demons, and now she's human. Mm-hmm. So, what do I do? Yeah, I guess, and then also uh, the fact that, uh, like I said, when it's like the comic relief stuff, more, most of the time, uh, her character is basically like infantilized. Uh, so we don't yeah. really get to see Nezuko act like a. I guess like a person, even though yeah, what's the point? She's a demon. She's not a person. That's not the point. The point is that like, uh, even like as like a, like a mute, uh, like th- there's still ways to like you don't have to you don't have to speak in order to like act like a person. Uh, the whole point of like oh yeah, she retained her humanity even though she's a demon. Um, but we don't really see much of that uh, besides just the fact that like she's aligned towards good. I feel like that's where the root of a lot of the the frustration with Nezuko's character arc is. I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Besides that, I guess. Um, how did you feel about like the actual, like final chapter? Because that was a, that was a surprise for everyone. I I liked it as like a resolution. I I think there's I don't know if it's intentional or if it's just me being uh, bad at interpreting things, but I I tended to read it like it wasn't. 
like there was different ways to kind of interpret the ending because in one way you could be like oh it's almost like reincarnation or in other ways it's a reflection of the characters we know in the generations after them because so much of the story tends to be like the sins of our generation kind of following us and how happy people tend to be the ones who suffer the most so there was this notion of like all right i'll accept in you know the timeline that we read uh like five characters survived and most of them are going to die within the next 10 years because of the mark. Like they're just like, they're, they're on a ticking clock Mm -hmm. essentially. So they probably don't have great lives going forward. So it's this chance to see a reflection of them in sort of a descendant way to be like, all right, maybe it's not them, but it's them happy reflected by the, the, the notion that their generations don't have to go through that same strife and that same, uh, pain and that same, you know, suffering. Um, or you could just read it as they got reincarnated to have wacky adventures or something like that. I mean, I guess both are super valid. So I don't know which one is necessarily it, but I tend to just enjoy that. I was like, it feels like the characters that we knew in the past would be happy either way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm very, I'm very proud of, uh, our bisexual queen Kano going out of her way to seduce both Kamado siblings in different timelines. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not a fan of the implication that Zenetsu succeeds in getting with uh, Nezuko. I don't like that. He doesn't deserve it. I don't like him. He shouldn't have gotten happiness. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would have been best if Zenitsu never had children. I feel like I don't I don't wish like misfortune on Zenitsu. <laughs> I feel like for like the longer the series went on, it was easier a little easier for me to forgive his character because uh I think they're all, they were all like 14 or whatever. And like, Zenitsu is like a very weird mix of like, like freaking like Sanji and Usopp. And I th- yeah. I think the Usopp's part, Usopp parts of him, like very, very much endeared me to him. Um, I know you said you didn't really care for the, like his final fight, but um, I did think that that was like a, like a good moment for him. Just being like breaking out of that whole uh, like comedic aspect and like, being like a like an actual like having a serious fight to the point where he doesn't have to rely on the fact that he uh his whole like subconscious like freaking Cavendish type fighting style. Or Cavendish, God. <laughs> I mean that's what, that's what it is. <laughs> I mean you're not wrong though. You're never wrong. I, I just never heard it described that way. <laughs> Even though it makes it totally makes sense. Entire man, Shonen Jump is a flat circle. True. <laughs> this is very true. I mean, since we're on the subject of Zenitsu, I actually, I mean, I'm not going to say he's my favorite character by any means, but I don't know. Maybe he just never really bothered me that much. Like, I guess just because the first moment where he showed something other than cowardice, like, was a really important moment in the series, and that was when, you know. Uh, yeah, when Inosuke wanted to in the box because he could smell there was a demon in there or whatever, and like Zenitsu's like, I don't know what's in this box, but Tanjiro like really treasures it, so that's enough reason for me to protect it. And maybe, and I, I get it, that doesn't probably excuse like most of him for the rest of the series, and I totally understand anybody who's just like he's the worst and. That's fine. I, I'm definitely not trying to yeah. write an argument as to why he's good, but I don't know that that was enough for me to be like, uh, he's okay, not the greatest, but he's okay. I think we can all agree he's better than Mineta. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You have to understand too. I'll I will find a, a character to poop on in pretty much every series. True, so true. In a in a sliding scale, he's <laughs> uh, a significantly better character as the worst character in this series in comparison to other worst characters in the series. I mean, that's I see. Fair. So he he he. Uh, what's how do you say this? He he raised the common denominator. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. There we go. I I can respect that. No. Yeah. I I can one hundred percent respect that too. Like. Also, be fair, you have to be really bad to be worse than Mineta. Mineta's True. like bottom of the barrel. <laughs> oh my god. That's like, you You have to be a Gantz character to be worse than Mineta. Jesus. Oh, damn. <laughs> now that series was dog shit. Can I get a name there? <laughs> I like the old man. Oh, god, Jesus. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I will I will admit, though, that like, I, I'm, I'm the type that it if I like a if I like a character even a little bit, I, I'm okay with them. But if I hate them, then I would I can't read the series because of them. And that is true. We did have this. We've had this multiple. We had multiple conversations about this. So, Chris, um, who's an example of that? Then uh, Asta from Black Clover. I, I cannot know... stand his ass. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> that's fair. I know you and uh, and Nick had like a really rough time. <laughs> Uh, like the beginning it's back and forth it's really we never really get away from whether or not we're like black clover is getting better or black clover is just straight garbage i don't i want to like it too because like marion and velor both are like it's really good and go clover go clover (laughs) like marion's taste is impeccable and velor barely reads jump so like when he's reading a jump series and constantly and likes it then that's like enough for me to get my attention <laughs> so like i want to read it but then it's like Asa's like a fucking like gatekeeper right there and just like nah nope you have to get past me <laughs> and it's just so hard <laughs> it's just Here's my recommendation uh you don't enjoy asta uh if you just get through like the first 230 chapters <laughs> the supporting cast will be large enough that it's not as big of an issue anymore <laughs> I mean, that's not, I mean, considering I stuck with Gintama for like a decade translating it before I realized I don't actually like any, I mean, I shouldn't, that's strong. (laughs) I don't really have any strong feelings for any of these characters. And I translated it for a decade. So like, I guess 230 chapters of Black Clover is not a huge, (laughs) a huge obstacle. (laughs) Exactly. And I don't have to translate it. Somebody else is doing that part for me. (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, well, I guess, okay, you know what, since we're talking about how we feel about cast members, uh, let's just talk about, I was going to say, let's just talk about Inosuke, because, like... Please, I want something <laughs> I've been waiting for. That's that's everyone's, like, breakout character. Like he, He's the him. bender of um, Demon Slayer. <laughs> like, I, I've said this before on other episodes, but yes, it, it's still true. He is. Oh, God. Normally... It is shown in like in a battle series, the character I like the most is always the one who gets the short end of the stick. Like my favorite character in Fairy Tale is Elfman. My favorite character in Bleats was Chad. My favorite character in Naruto was Shino. My characters, like favorite characters always just like are lame. They never get to do anything. They never get to look cool. And the notion that my favorite character in this series is one of the starting characters and doesn't get forgotten as the series goes along and gets to look cool in every single thing he's in. I was like, this is phenomenal. This, this is an unknown feeling to me. I've never <laughs> experienced this before. Good. I'm very happy because you know what? Like, 
I feel like, oh man, the way that Inosuke is handled, like, is, I just think it's impeccable because part of his whole appeal is the fact that, oh yeah, he's the wild child. He's like the whole, but he also, his gimmick of like, oh, he's actually a pretty boy under the fucking, the mask is hilarious to me. But he, he's just so out of tune with like society and like what, what the fuck is normal that like, it makes him that much more endearing, especially whenever he does grow to like, you know, care about people. Like, dude, that moment in the last arc where he's like crying for Tanjiro, I was like, oh, fuck me. Shit, he cares. I love I, I have a couple images of him saved on my phone from when I was reading because they just every time would make me laugh. And just one of them, I don't even remember what the context for it is. Like Tanjo recovering from a fight. And he's yes. just like, I'm sorry, it's so loud. And it just cuts right to Inosuke just crashing through a window. <laughs> and it's just like, I love this guy. I don't, this guy is my, this is the energy I want all the time around. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> when, when they're or they're all like freaking knocked out on the hospital beds and he's like he can like barely speak and he's just like i'm sorry for being born or whatever the fuck he said like all oh, like the depressed to no escape yes yeah yeah <laughs> like even when he's sad he's fucking hilarious he's so good i love inosuke so much i think you should definitely uh look for like clips of the anime just for like his voice acting because like it, okay the, the funniest thing is that like uh, Japanese Inosuke is voiced by Kirito and uh, Soma from Food Wars, which is like, what? Why? <laughs> but he makes it work okay. so well. And like, he makes like these very, very like guttural, like unnatural sounds. It, it just, it works. It's so, it's so funny. Like he hams it up. I, I, I know the, the, the closest I have to knowledge of the anime is just the TikTok meme that occasionally comes up of uh the him and tanjiro going back and forth he's like all right tatamo kokopoku he's <laughs> like who are you talking to he's like you <laughs> no you're not let's go tamaboku kompachiro like <laughs> who the fuck is that i just love it he has so much confidence and so much of it's unearned but he's got it man he's just got it in spades <laughs> yeah dude he just just own it this he he's the kind of guy who would uh pass a job interview just because he's so confident <laughs> I, I I like there was a legit moment of hype when the fight against Domo was going on and it's just um uh Flower Girl mm-hmm. fighting against him and then the ceiling just explodes and Inosuke comes it was like a moment to be like in my room like like eleven thirty night be like woo like trying not to wake anybody <laughs> as the house up but like woo you go like the the meme image of the the guys like sh- shooting out of their chairs like yeah that's him yeah oh so excited God yes. Alright, good. Can I also just note, I really like Tantro as a main character as well. Yes! Because there's, like, a problem, I feel like, that Jump has sometimes where, like, the lead character's personality is just that they're nice. And that's kind of it. So it usually requires it taken to another level. Like, if you ever read We Never Learn, the joke is kind of that Uega is so absurdly nice that, like... You're like, this is ridiculous. Like, you cleaned this person's apartment for them. Like, there's no reason someone should be this nice. It's almost like a fault of yours at this point. And I enjoy that Tanjiro just has this, like, good old boy charm to him that he's just always so happy. Like, it's just like someone could walk up and be like, I burned your house. And he's just like, well, I'm not happy about that. But you did get over your fear of fire, which is super good for everybody, I think. Like, thumbs up all around. Yeah, that's like a saintly level of, like, this is, I, it's kind of hard to suspend your disbelief for that level of stuff. Yeah, I I just really appreciate it. I was like, all right, this guy's taking 
has taken what is normally a pretty forgettable kind of personality trait and turned it into something memorable. Like, I'll always be able to, like, think about that character and, like, someone's, like, describe Tanjiro and be like, oh, he's just such a nice kid that's, <laughs> like, he's too good for the world in a way. Yeah. <laughs> like, many times. Oh, man. I, I, I really appreciate him because uh, his whole thing is, like, uh, like empathy. Uh, the whole fact of, like, oh, the fact that he can empathize with the demons who, like, kill and, like, eat humans or whatever. Like, he finds something to, like, like it, it, and they're like their last moments or whatever. He he finds a way to like help bring them to peace. Uh, like yeah, it, it, stuff like that is is very like I think understated. Um, and that's something that I feel definitely resonated with a lot of people. Uh, when they first saw the anime, because part of what makes uh, I think uh, Naragumo Mountain the the one with the spider family like really land is the fact that like everyone has like their own circumstances and the whole thing with like, Oh, uh, there's a demon who like wants to recreate the bonds of family and how that specifically intersects with Tanjiro and how he treats his family is, uh, it's resonant. Um, that, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Tanjiro really does tie everything together well as a main character. And we talked about this before, like when we were covering, the one-shot Kagari Gari that Gotage did. But in that and the other prototype for Demon Slayer, Kisatsu no Nagare, the character of Tanjiro just doesn't exist. Mm. Like, he's that uh, edgy swordsman, Kenshi, that mm. is just wandering around silently killing demons. And replacing that type of character character with someone that has like legitimate empathy, not only for like people... He knows personally, but also strangers, I think, works really well and fits with the overall kind of themes of Demon Slayer. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Also, I was right when I was I was right so many times during that last arc and I made like bullshit YouTuber predictions with the tinfoil hat on. I was so proud of myself for calling that Tanjiro would become a demon. Like, yeah, that's some bullshit that they would do. (laughs) Yeah, it's the only part about the end that I wasn't super happy on because it's something where you're like, oh, I'm almost at the end. It's like, no, that's like three chapters where Tanjiro's a demon for a little bit. Like, oh, god dang it. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Um, I guess uh, changing the gears a bit, uh, Chris, for Gotoge-sensei's next work, are there any, like, new things that you will want to see them try out or maybe some like try something different uh and like on the other side of the coin is there something that you would like to to see more of that was like done in demon slayer um it's so hard to say that's a very good question uh i would be curious i'm always interested in seeing like genre switches and things like that Mm -hmm. um i the thing i think i appreciate maybe the most about demon slayer beyond the fact that it had a really good cast and used them well is that it was short in comparison. Like, when I talked about, like, I had the choice between reading Demon Slayer in its entirety or just reading one piece from the time skip, I was like, it wasn't even from the time skip at the time. I think I talked about reading it from Punk Hazard on, and I was like, yeah, the Punk Hazard stuff is longer than all of Demon Slayer. Like, I really appreciate that Demon Slayer is a series that was done within five years, that, like, in a way, you're like, yeah, you probably, and it's the same thing with Haikyuu, you probably could have created a reason, continue the story for another three years or whatever, but it didn't do that. It ended itself on its own terms, and I think that is such a more gratifying way to enjoy series. So I, I don't think I have, like, 
a particular expectation for what I'd want in the next series. I hope that it features really fun characters the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have an aesthetic I'd want or anything like that. I, I generally try to like leave that up to the authors because I, I, I'm a trash person. I'll pick the worst stuff all the time if you let me pick it. So I'm always, <laughs> I'm always excited to see what they're going to come up with. That. But I hope it's just one of those things again where it's like, I hope it's a success because knowing the the machine that jump is that's never guaranteed um but i hope that it's a success and i hope it runs a similarly 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 appropriate amount of time i'm sorry my mouth is bad um but just the idea of a series that like runs itself to completion without overstating its welcome at all is is just such a refreshing feeling yeah after and we just talked about like the the monolith that is Bleach's final arc and <laughs> dunked on Naruto's final arc as well. Like just a series that ends before you start getting tired of it is such a great feeling. It really is, uh, and I'm pretty sure like that is, I guess like the kind of future of Jump. Like that's definitely what they're aiming towards. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of like instead of like a singular flagship long running series of decades length uh, or whatever, it's just like. They're like propping up these other smaller series and making sure that they get their attention and stuff. Like even Jujutsu Kaisen is like, oh, we're nearing the ki- the we're nearing the Kaisen. No, we're nearing the, the climax. <laughs> I don't even know how that would entail. Uh, yeah. Um, no, dude. I, I I think you're you're onto something, and they it definitely seems like that is that it's like what's on the the board now as like an option for yeah. a lot of these newer artists which is good for them too because like we've just we've heard so many horror stories of people just like overworking and like just fuck yeah completely messing up their bodies and everything like still like the whole togashi thing with yu yu show is like heartbreaking yeah oh actually this is kind of non sequitur how did you feel about the art because i know a lot of people used to call Kotoge's art pretty rough, especially towards the beginning. Uh, I could definitely see people calling it rough. I think there's an aesthetic that eventually gets into it that's pretty good. I'm not, like, we joke about it on our podcast a lot that, like, a lot of series tend to be Exorcist series recently because Mm. they're all chasing after Demon Slayers kind of fame. Um, I think when you get to, like, a particularly, I don't know what age you would want to call it, because I'm a dumb person, but the, that old Japanese kind of style, um, what was it, Nura Hyun, I think. Nura Hyun, Rise. Yeah. yeah, like, it's that same sort of aesthetic as that, that I'm like, I can dig it to a certain extent, but I will never love it because there's something just aesthetically, it doesn't blend completely. But I think for the most part, the series did a really good job at creating good visual designs and creating great environments. It's one part I didn't actually bring up when talking about the the various fights in the final arc, but all of them took place in distinct locations mm-hmm. that made them memorable. Like I will always attach the fact that the fight against Doma happens in like this kind of lagoon with just a bunch of like branching little bridges over it. Like, yeah, it's just that's something that adds to it. You know, mm-hmm. very unique locations. I yeah, that is true. Uh, it it was something that I never really like put much mind to, but. Like, thinking back on it, it is, like, I think it does help set apart, like, just, yeah, like, these fights happen at different locations with different people, and, like, the, mm-hmm. the a lot of times the, the environments did come into play, uh, actually, within the fight itself, because uh, Muichiro was, like, stabbed to the fucking pillar, uh, and, like, the ice was formed from, like, the 
the pond water, uh, water, I guess that was like around uh, wherever he was fighting uh, Kanao and Inosuke, and like yeah, yeah, pretty cool stuff. And the, the freaking debris in like during the Muzan fight, like causing so much like collateral damage is insane. Fucking yeah, dude, that's so good. I love those little details. Like I always, I'll think back to like when the CP9 fights happened in One Piece, and I'm like. These were like six fights that all took place in the same freaking building, but visually I could tell each one of them apart because they all took place in visually different areas. Uh, all right, cool. I'm glad we talked about the art because that's something I feel like it's like always like kind of like sidelined. I think in uh, some Demon Slayer discussions because like I, I I feel like so many people uh bring up like oh yeah dude the anime is like a perfect thing it's so beautiful and you don't have to look at that like weird manga art. <laughs> It's just it, that's a comment I've seen multiple times, which is it kind of puts me off. I try not to ever be super critical on art because one, I can't draw anything. So the fact that anyone could draw to like a level that good on a weekly basis, knowing the time constraints, was always something that's going to impress me. I'll generally say something when it's hard to read and things like that. But I generally thought the like action in the series was super readable, yeah. especially for something that had to involve so much like fluid movement and everything like that for all the breathing techniques. So in that regard, I was always like, you know, I, I think this generally worked. Um, maybe it's rough at certain places or things like that, but that's also like kind of a style. Like I wouldn't want to necessarily read a Jujutsu Kaisen that wasn't so choppy because that's part of the aesthetic at this point. Right. Or My Hero Academia that wasn't so spiky and and covered in like extra edge lines and stuff like that. Like that's just the aesthetic at this point. Yeah. I mean Oda could draw a different female face every once in a while, but you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Uh maybe roll it back a bit, but uh <laughs> <laughs> No, I do agree. Um I I definitely during like uh like the final arc or like episode or chapter reviews uh i did bring up like composition a lot and i think that's one of the strongest things that you can have as an artist that's like working with comics serialized um is just the fact that there's no real like confusion over what's going on especially because uh you do have like a good grasp on like your backgrounds and like where everyone is during fights and stuff like that uh yeah like it's a very i think underrated skill absolutely i guess this would be a good time to go into i guess the twitter questions uh unless anyone else has anything they want to say no i think that covers most things for me anyway yeah same here neat all right so i guess i'll start with twitter questions and then we can uh we can talk about the the questions chris got from discord yeah (laughs) which is a very funny concept uh okay so First up, we have a good friend of the show, Lonron Mayasha, who's also been on plenty of episodes before. I'm talking like this because that's how they inflect sometimes on some episodes. I, I am a fan of that. Uh, so, Chris, you've praised Demon Slayer for how well it uses this cast before, but are there any characters you wish could have gotten more time and focus? I think the only character I wish could have gotten a little more screen time might have been um, Mitsuri. She's the one who I think I remember the least about. Um, Not like an aggressive, like, oh, I hated her way or anything like that. I just don't really remember. I think her biggest moment ended up happening when they fought the fourth and fifth ranked demons. Mm -hmm. And neither of those fights left nearly as much of an impact on me as the latter three fights did. So 
she's probably one character I wish could have had a stronger showing during the final arc because she was also just like the snake guy kind of tied up against the 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 playing the game of tag mm-hmm. while all the other fights were happening. But she still does have cool moments. So yeah, even even the character I wish had more screen time still leaves an impression. I still do remember her. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate too because uh i'm i was the kind of fan who like kept up with all the supplementary info coming on around the same time as well and uh one thing that was like always uh kind of like mentioned offhand was that like she was physically like in the upper bracket of hashira and like we didn't really see much of that besides of just like uh like her stamina i guess uh her whole thing is that she's very limber and, like has really strong muscles for like her muscle density i guess uh for how she looks uh, I would like I would yeah. have liked to see more of that like actually come into play. That could have been something cool to focus on. Um uh what chapters do you think would have gotten series of the week? And what characters might you have chosen as MVPs if Demon Slayer had been recapped on the on WMR? Uh I feel like a lot of chapters during that final like the infinity castle and everything like that would have definitely gotten it like i think pretty much all the chapters with like big conclusions against doma against azaka and against uh first ranked person whose name i remembered earlier i've forgotten yeah uh all those characters like all those fights would have definitely gotten chapters of the week and character i I think like azaka's backstory is one of those ones or akaza yeah akaza 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 uh akaza is like a character whose backstory is going to stick with me for a while because i just remember reading it and be like holy crap that is a phenomenally well written you could tell the the, the the author just like no i gotta i gotta draw this whole thing out yeah y'all gotta see what the fuck i cooked up oh god yeah that's like my favorite backstory out of any of the kizuki that was clearly like the one kizuki gotogi cared about the most <laughs> But I, I think all those, like, areas would have definitely earned it. And I'm sure I would have found reasons to give it to Inosuke in pretty much every Good. scene he looks cool in. Because I'm just a favoritism person like that. I bet you would have given one to Cat Killing when he survived. Oh, the cat. I thought for a moment I was like, wait, is there an alternate reality version of Part 3 where Cat Kion survives? That's the cat. <laughs> <gasps> he lives on in the cat. Yeah. It's the fate of every character for part three to live on in an animal for the rest of their life. Yeah, that's why he's with Tamiyo. He's still a milf hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question from Zagil at Zagil Zig. That's a good handle. <laughs> Did you like the demon backstories and where they show up in the fights? I've heard people who like them for tying into Tanjiro's character while keeping demons demonic, and others who find them, quote unquote, too little, too late. Simple sympathy milking that should have been woven in better. Yeah, I, I generally like the backstories. I tend to the series has such a great final conclusion that that's what I think of when I think of it for the most part. Like if you ask me, I'm like, I guess the twins ha- or not. Yeah, they were twins, the brother and sister. No, they weren't twins. They were just brother and sister. Uh, the ones they fight in the red light district. Yeah, that was um, a dope ass fight. They have a pretty great backstory as well. And that's a great fight as well. That's another one that was excellent. Also, uh, tangent off this real quick. Um, Usui is, I think, the the sound hot yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read the whole series and it wasn't until the end that I realized he continued showing up in the series, like to help train them. I just thought there was a character oh, I forgot shit. about who had like an, a, an eye patch or whatever. I was just like, I don't remember this character and I feel too embarrassed to ask. So I'm just going to roll with it. And at the end, I was like, you know what? I bet that was the sound. Hashira. Yeah, it wasn't. Holy shit, dude. Um, that was that's funny. But I mean, like, 
the fourth and fifth uh, demons, I don't even remember if they really had too much of a backstory to them or anything. Like, I mean, I know they had some, but like nothing that was super intricate or like, oh, I can't wait for us. I understand that it, it it is ties to a lot of the themes and the character of, of Tanjiro to give a lot of these demons some level of sympathetic backstory. But I also appreciate there's varying degrees. Like we mentioned, like uh, Akaza and First Rank Demon, like they have sad backstories who kind of change a little bit of the way you see them. Mm-hmm. But, but Doma's just an asshole. Like you don't come away from the backstory being like, oh, poor old Doma. What a tragedy there. You're like, no, fuck that guy. Like from the beginning to the end, he just sucked. I don't like, I, I appreciate that some of the backstories give them extra context. In some ways they humanize them without necessarily making them sympathetic. But I I, I think they were generally well done. Uh, it, it is a trope that tends to get used in shonen manga too much of like, I've defeated this character. Now I'll give you their backstory. But when the execution is done well, which is something Demon Slayer tends to always land, then it's it's something I don't have a problem with. Uh, sidebar, I just, I don't know what sparked this connection in my head. Uh, Doma is Mel Gibson. Wait, what? Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I sort of get it, but I would I love don't elaboration. Get it. <laughs> don't worry about it. I'll talk about it later. Um, yeah, okay. I, I agree with what you had to say. Um, I think it for sure, uh, I know like the, was it like the fifth and sixth one? The the ones that they fight during the, the swordsmith, swordsmith village arc where uh, they weren't like redeemable or whatever. Most of them were just like, oh yeah, like I was kind of a shitty person and like I'm a shitty demon too, so. Mm, yeah, like Hatengu, I think like his whole thing was like, he was like a like a thief or something when he was human. And, like, he was always, like, chastised for it. Well, people say I'm a fucking asshole who steals. I'm gonna keep stealing. Yeah, it was, like, it was kind of just, like, he was a very pathetic person. But, like, it wasn't, like, oh, he was actually a good person, like, turned bad from being a demon. I'm gonna be mad because you fucking called me out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh... Next question from Globeplasma231 at Globeplasma231. At what chapter mark did Chris start to like it a lot, and at what parts did he find slow and not that great? Uh, in terms of what parts did I find slow and not great, can I just note that this series has one of the weirdest starts of any series I've ever... It's like a full volume of this kid not being important, not having any cool skills, and nothing happening. It's, it is one of the strangest openings to a series i've ever read be like usually like because the pressure is always on you and jump like within the first like couple chapters like all right this is what makes my character super cool here's a bad guy for them to fight like all that and like i think it's like seven straight chapters of tanjiro just walking around the woods and eventually slowly training before he's like oh i can cut this rock or whatever and you're like holy crap like this is mind-blowing to me that we we are almost at the end of the volume and we're just now getting to the part this kid's starting to do stuff but chris the the temple demon turned into a geodude. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, is pretty sweet, but... <laughs> I get what you mean. That was, like, it, it is a very, like, weird, awkward start. It's it's unique, though. Like, I'll never forget it. Like, it's one of those series I'll be like, yeah, it's just, like, a, a weird, slow start where Tanjiro doesn't have any skills. And he just trains for a while. It's... It's mind-boggling. It would have been a time skip in, like, any other series. Like, oh, we'll just... Like, I think to My Hero, when, like, 
chapter two is Deku just training for a whole chapter to get strong. Mm-hmm. And you're like, by the end of it, they're like, all right, we, we're, we're done with that stuff. Time to eat the and hair. The demon, yeah, and the Demon Slayer was like, nah, man, we're going <laughs> to... It's like, so we got five chapters of this we got to get through. Um, the other parts I found slow, I... I started reading and kind of fell off uh around the time ironically around the time Inosuke showed up just because oh. i found that arc a little tough to read um and like follow everything but i generally was you know going along with it uh when they get to that red light district arc though was like like that was the fight that was the first time i i got to that point where i was like i finished my 20 chapters for the day but i really want to see how this fight ends so i just kept reading like that was where i was like all right this series has me hooked i need to find out how this fight ends and that's another one of those fights where like you feel like by the end you're like holy crap all these characters had to work their ass off to just survive in this fight and they all came out looking cool at the end of it yeah i know that's Bueller's favorite arc actually entertainment district wasn't it Oh yeah, it is. I mean, what? I was sure. <laughs> Why I did you say it. that like it wasn't? <laughs> Are you no, calling I mean a lie? Every arc of Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is just a bad manga. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Like Chrome would say. Yeah. See, he was just hiding. He had to host this whole time, so he was just choking it down. Now he doesn't have to anymore. We're seeing the real V Lord. <laughs> oh yeah, I made this entire podcast just get interviewed by the New York Times and then sabotage it. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Yeah, this is a. Uh, that sounds V-Lords like some 4D chess right there. So, this is V Lord's indeed arc in his life. <laughs> anyway, uh, cool. Next question is from Bojack ninety at Bojack ninety. Uh, two questions. One, Inosuke, why is he the best character, and at what point did you realize this? Just kidding. <laughs> he was the best character from the moment he showed up, but it took a while before I, because again, I attach my like I see a character I like, and then they end up stinking. Like, so I was like, oh, I like this character. He's, he's tough. He's strong. He fights by just swinging around. He uses beast slaying. Like, that's pretty cool. Be- beast breathing. I was like, this character is awesome. And it was like, I think it was honestly in the Mugen train arc where he helps defeat the demon at the end where I was like, oh, he can actually be an important character in this series. He's not going to get pushed aside and just like forgotten about like every other character I have affe- like affection for. Like, oh no, your one arc of interest is over with. We're done with you now. Like the the Toy Story meme of like, I'm done playing with you now. And it's just, like, a shot of Chad being dropped to the ground. Jesus. Oh God. Yeah, just like Doma was with his mom. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> question two. Nezuko's development quote unquote in the last arc versus her development in the rest of the series how do you feel about it we did touch on this a bit uh i guess if you want to sum it sum up your feelings on that yeah i mean i wasn't the biggest fan of nezuko like she wasn't my favorite character or anything like that so i I imagine if i had more affection to her i'd probably have different feelings but i think for the most part she's memorable but she does end up being more of like an object at times than a fully realized character yep but but uh, but Chris, uh, she she cute. She protect. She does all those. She does those things. <laughs> all right. Uh, last question from uh, responding to the Twitter account from Zaggle at Zaggle Zig. Oh, another one from Mr. Zaggle. What are your overall thoughts on as? Oh, same question. <laughs> Uh, considering how much your character grew and shrank as a proper character versus an object to protect or acquire. That would be really funny here is if we had a completely different answer for this one. Be like, I think it was garbage. The whole way they handled her is ridiculous. She was she was great at the beginning, and then once she started talking, it was awful. True. I mean, yeah, dude. 
I, I think it was just the ball was really dropped after like she she quote unquote like started talking like I feel like that that could have that could have led to so much more but that was immediately right when oh Muzan discovered it's fuck the blue flower shit uh it's time to go absorb this crazy little mutated demon who uh can conquer the sun and like I guess whatever screw this whatever I wanted to see the flower word like what happens with the fuck happens to the flower like <laughs> scrap plot point number 87 that I wish I could have seen this is when Gotogi turned into a Rocky <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we can move on to questions that were sent to the WMR discord yeah I got a I, I sent uh, the link in our discord uh, to your tweet asking for questions and then I just had a couple people just respond in a discord with their questions I was like that isn't exactly what I was going for but alright I'll pass them along that was funny. Uh, first question is from Lazarus. Uh, she asks, here's a question for Chris. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being amazing and 10 being unbelievably amazing, how great is Inosuke? He's, he's like a 12. I love I love that character so much. I legitimately... I think the only thing that annoyed me is in the last chapter, I didn't even... I was like, did they just forget about Inosuke? And I realized that it was the scientist they were talking about. I was like, oh, without the boar head, I really don't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) I really need that boar head. And for you to be shirtless. Which isn't as much of a threat as I kind of made it sound like there. But, I, I, you know, I love that character. Mm -hmm. That's how I recognize him. They need two chipped swords, uh, shirtless, and a boar mask. For some reason, like, I remember Inosuke without the mask as, like, the one who looks most like a Rumiko Takahashi character, for some reason. Mm. I guess sorta. Yeah, huh. I, can, I can see it. <laughs> that's just that's just the vibe I get from the design, you know. I guess less the face, more the hair. Yeah, it's the hair for sure. Uh, and our last question comes from Lost Thief. Uh, question: You can replace one of the Hashira characters and all the time spent on them in the story with an on-screen character with Nezuko. Uh, which one do you choose? Wait, with an on-screen character. I think it's like you're replacing ne- you're replacing one of the Hashira with Nezuko, and they would have all yeah. the screen time. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, well, Chris, you want to answer that first? Uh, I, I someone in our Discord actually said this, and I I kind of liked it. The idea of replacing Tomioka with Nezuka, and then you have that fight against uh, Akaza Ooh. with the two of them, and I was like, that'd be a pretty cool fight between the two of them. Um. So I'll go with that one. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll just steal uh, someone else's answer and, t- and make it my own. No one will ever know because you'll cut that part out and it'll make it sound like I came up with a great answer on my own. You got it, dude. You hear that, V-Lord? <laughs> yeah, I'll totally do that. Um, Could you also ha- add the sound of like quiet cheering and applause every time I talk in the background <laughs> as though there's like an audience <laughs> around me at all times? <laughs> oh my god. Well, when we upload when we upload the the YouTube version, we're we're gonna put uh, pod champs in the fucking. <laughs> Every time Chris isn't speaking, someone has to say, "Where's Chris?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'd like reverb to my voice so it sounds as though the voice of God is talking to all of you. <laughs> That's how we know it's the the truth, the right opinion. Yeah. Uh. This is an interesting question. I feel like, not to like, I don't, I don't know, not to like diss the series or anything. I feel like replacing like uh, 
most of the Hashira with Nezuko would probably... I would probably not endear me more to Nezuko than I already like to the point that I already am. Um, mm. It really, it really depends on like what Nezuko actually does. Cause I feel like half the time, like her involvement in fights are just like, Oh, really cool action scene or like this, like cool. Yeah. Showing the strength of her bond with Tanjiro and stuff, which is like, we've got enough of that. Uh, unless like she starts like shit talking or like doing something like, I don't know, it's different that, like, she hadn't really done before. I don't see the merit in that. Um, I feel like, I feel like what we got for most of the Hashiro were, were good enough, uh, like Chris was saying earlier, that, um, to some extent, like, most of them got what they needed to become memorable, memorable characters in their own right. Um, so I, I kind of wouldn't, like, want to take away their, uh, their screen time. That's me personally. Yeah. I mean, I feel the only thing that would really endear me more to Nezuko is if we got a moment where Nezuko is the highlighted focus. Mm. I think putting her in another supporting role doesn't really do much. Yeah. If, like, Nezuko is, like, like she's, like, the one making, like, a decision on something, and, like, that is what brings, like, lasting impact on the story in some way. Like, that's what I would have wanted in the first place. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think that's all the questions. Let me just refresh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess it's time to round it out. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. Uh, this was a blast to record. Uh, if you want, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I look, I, I saw, I think it, it was literally the tweet where it was, you were talking about like how the series is using his cast or whatever. I'm like, Oh yes. Good. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, content activated. Like I could, I, I could slide into the DMs finally to like collab or something. But yeah, uh, I think the moment you finish reading the manga and tweeted about it, uh, Lum Ramayasha added us in like our personal Discord chat. And I was like, oh hey, you should get Chris on for the podcast. And then Marion activated hosting takeover powers. Uh, podcast breathing activate. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, like. It was it was such a joy to talk about because, like we all, we were all like such ardent fans of the series, and then uh, we we know of you and like uh, uh, I don't I think Sakaki's the only one who doesn't really listen to podcasts like that, but uh, we we also listen to WMR. We're really happy uh, that you enjoyed it and like we could actually like talk about it. Like this was a very very good conversation, especially because fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a wonderful fucking screw this shit. It's Saturday night, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we had a great conversation, and like, yeah, just thank you so much for coming on. Uh, please plug in your stuff so everyone else can like see your content and appreciate you. Uh, well, if you didn't get tired of all the bad opinions I had on this podcast, you could listen to all the bad opinions I have on my regular podcast, which is Weekly Manga Recap. You can find it on iTunes, on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Podbean, uh, and it's basically me and my good buddy Nick, where we'll recap the various manga through the week, One Piece, My Hero, um, all sorts of series, Mashal, Dr. Stone, uh, all the classics, and uh, we usually tangent off into a lot of dumb things, uh, wrestling jokes, and all sorts of uh, stupid nonsense, but we've been doing it for a while, we have fun. Uh, so go check that out, and if you want to support it, you can always do it at our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash weeklymongarecap. Awesome. 
And I want to thank you guys so much for having me because this was a lot of fun and it was very nice to read a great manga and then have the opportunity to talk about it with people and kind of uh, share and, 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 you know, get to revel in that aspect of nerd culture. That's so fun when you get to engage with that, you know, topic with people who enjoy it. And I was worried that I had missed the boat, so to speak, on talking about Demon Slayer with people because I read it kind of after the manga had ended. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, especially because, uh, how do I say this? Like, uh, it was like perfect timing for us as well, just because, like I said, like we recorded a retrospective for Manga Mavericks, but that was like on their podcast. Uh, we, uh, I, if it was the time was also right, uh, because, uh, you know, it, it's been enough time for like the dust to settle, and like the fact that you actually did go through the whole series, just, you know, reading it on your own time, not as it was being serialized, it makes for, uh, a different set of eyes, you know, to see how did this really go down? Like, it was, like I said, it was a very fruitful conversation. So, uh, no, yeah. yeah, it was a refreshing, uh, different perspective to have in comparison to how I normally consume most Shonen Jump manga, which is week to week with, you know, a two hour podcast to have to like <laughs> analyze it all on and come up with jokes. Now, if people have a high Q podcast that I could get on so I can get my thoughts out on that as well, that'd be great. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I'll hit you up whenever <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we record next. We're on like hiatus, I think, until the anime gets back. But uh, we did, t- we do talk about the manga as well. Uh, Hot dog. <laughs> Emergency podcast time. Anyway, I, I, I do hope this means uh, I've cemented. Uh, a spot to talk about world trigger on wmr anyway <laughs> yeah you're more than welcome to whenever you want like look <laughs> the audience our audience desperately craves more people giving analysis of a chapter that's 16 other characters giving analysis on 13 other characters taking a, a, a quiz or whatever uh, so i'll do that gladly I'll, and i'll name them all by name and face <laughs> i'll be there to <laughs> correct your mispronunciations oh man there's so many i like and it's a series too where I, I I don't even know how to like like normally I'd be like oh it's like a hat guy or the dude with like the big sword this one I'm just like I don't know spiky hair pretty boy but not the other spiky hair pretty boy in that group <laughs> I think he's in the, I think you were like we did a, a tier list at one point of characters at one point I was like I don't know who Kakizaki Squad is and one of our fans <laughs> was like you gave you gave them character of the week once I was like at, at some point I knew who they were and it's gone now all right oh shit this shit happens you know it's been a, it's been a minute <laughs> there's 300 characters in this series I can't remember them all Kakizaki was pretty based though he was the one who shot uh with the assault rifle to to Yuma but then Yuma like yeah. patched it up with Scorpion and he went away and Good rank war. Anyway. Uh, great, great fight. Um, Sakaki, why don't you plug in your stuff? Sure. You can find me at WSS Talkback on Twitter, uh, where it's the weekly Shogakukan edition where we talk about Shonen Sunday and all the wonderful things in it. Um, well, it's a Shogakukan-based Twitter, so we're trying to do all the Shogakukan magazines, but I'm really, I'm slowly beginning to realize that's the fever dream of a madman. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm focused mostly on Weekly Shonen Sunday, which is the magazine where Detective Conan and whatever Miko Takahashi is doing is in. But now we can actually add Freerun to the ranks of sh- shoggy, like, pillars. And, of course, um, there's w- uh, wsstalkback.blogspot.com where reviews... Um, reviews, translations of interviews, and other stuff goes there. 
And of course, you can see a lot of Marion's write in there for reviews. The most recent review, though, is from our good friend Jekka, who who reviewed the Darren Sean Omnibuses from Yen Press. Um, and hopefully, I'm have I never have another thing to translate. So, if you're interested in knowing how the back, how the edit, how the editorial Shonen Sunday works, then hopefully that'll interest you. Yeah, with one of those godly editors, like. That he did. What did he do again? Didn't he do? He free did free run and Comey. Based, based. Oh and damn. The other one did. It's two. It's two editors. It's one the free run Comey editor and one did. And I think it's Yofu. I mean, Call the Night and um, Michael-san. I don't remember the other series, but yeah. Michael-san no Makanaichi or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if that's the other series they did, but I'm pretty sure. I know Call of the Night was one, so definitely I'm gonna try to get around translating that. Um, then you can also find me, well, podcasting with these fellows, um, which they'll they'll probably get more into that. But um, besides that, for me personally. Uh, I'm also on a Dragon Ball podcast with my good buddy Colton at another DB pod on Twitter, where if it's Dragon Ball and it's animated and not some really obscure McDonald's commercial with Goku, like pops in <laughs> and it's like, wash your hands before you eat your meals, kids, <laughs> then we'll probably talk about it. And that that's a lot of fun. And I write for Tsunami Faithful and I guess I have a personal Twitter, which is like leaking followers every day now. But if you do want to see that, um, go to at Kiroban, K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N. Nothing there, really. I mean, Yellow Bomber himself. Yes, indeed. He's God, even though I'm not even using him as my avatar, which is probably why I'm losing followers, because I've... I've literally left God's light. <laughs> they but... followed you just for the, for the Bomberman profile thing. <laughs> But yeah, those are the places you can find me. Nice. Uh, B-Lord, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, people can find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ. And then I write uh, manga and light novel reviews for old-comic.com, as well as occasional editorials for Tanami Faithful at TanamiFaithful.com. And then I do a number of podcasts besides this one. Uh, I occasionally pop up on the Toonami Faithful podcast, which you can find on Twitter at Toonami Podcast. And then with Marion and Sakaki, we do Saturday Night Shoggy on Twitter at Sat Night Shoggy and Oversoul Shaman King podcast at Shaman King Pod. And then I have a general anime and manga podcast called the Dumbweebs Podcast, which is on Twitter at Dumbweebs Pod. And yeah, that's kind of everything. Yeah, Vlord is the biggest cog in the industrial machine known as any Twitter or manga Twitter. Excuse me, <laughs> I misspoke there. <laughs> it's almost uh, it's almost midnight. Forgive me. Uh, <laughs> um, you can find me at microwavy that used before the V on Twitter. Um, I have a card in my about or some. It's linked somewhere there that has all my other projects. Um, <laughs> Like uh, Sakaki said earlier, uh, I do write for for WSS Talkback. <laughs> Are you being abducted by aliens? <laughs> I might be. <laughs> uh, damn, what the fuck was I saying? Oh yeah, I write for uh, WSS Talkback. Uh, I'm currently working on 
got a got to write reviews for Call of the Night Volume Two. Uh, Comey can't communicate. I think twelve and thirteen. I got to put out. Uh, and they're so good. Yeah, dude. Oh man, Look, she, she's she's making friends. Let's go. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, probably something else. I definitely forgot. Uh, do Yakuza Lover? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do anything V-Lord says until V-Lord reviews something for the blog. That's the rule. I'm working on it, I swear. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah. I write for my personal blog. That's heavensdoorknob.wordpress.com. Uh, I'm going to write, actually, uh, about Ask Iwata, the the book that came out, uh, like, last month. That's, like, semi-biographical. I think it's just stories also about uh, Satoru Iwata and, like, his stuff, uh, his role at Nintendo as like a game designer and cool stuff, dude. Uh, besides that, I also, I wrote a, I wrote actually an editorial for tsunamifaithful.com. It was a, a memorial piece on Kentaro Miura and Berserk. Uh, that like, that was probably like the proudest thing. I'm, I mean the, the one piece of writing that I'm like most proud of so far. Uh, I put a lot into that. Uh, please check that out. If you're a fan of the series or just, want to know more about its impact on uh i guess pop culture in general um and as for other podcasts i do host saturday night shaggy as uh Wheeler said and i'm on oversoul with these guys uh and i have my own uh my own other podcast good friends anime club at good friends cast on twitter where it's just me and three other folks getting get, getting together and having fun inclusive conversation shooting the shit about anime manga games you name it uh and i have a bunch of other podcasts that are currently on hiatus sometimes you'll see me uh guesting on at mha podcast the my hero academia podcast uh definitely check that out because uh my good friend kendra runs that and she does amazing job and uh yeah Uh, you can find the demon slayer podcast on twitter at uh d slayer podcast right feeler correct good i didn't forget that uh, and uh, the podcast itself is hosted on Anchor, but you could find it anywhere that uh, you could find podcasts. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. You know, uh, maybe maybe this was your favorite episode. Maybe you you listen to us for the first time because you really like Chris and WMR. We do too. Uh, leave us a review, please. Absolutely, that's the most important thing. Like it, it, it really. It, like to to pull back the curtain, but like leaving reviews on iTunes, that's like if you want to support a podcast, that's like the best way, and it's free. It takes like no time. It's to do the it. only way we're gonna beat the woodworkers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was that one be- week that we beat the official Shonen Jump podcast in the podcast True. rankings. Wheeler, did you post <laughs> that on Twitter? Nerds, good job. Well, next time that happens, we'll post the we'll post a, a screen cap and thank all of you because you know we wouldn't be here without you guys listening. Thank you so much. Um, alright, I think that's everything. Uh, and now, because it's the very end of the episode, I have to come up with something very stupid and very funny. Please, give me, give me a flash of inspiration. I mean, I can make fart sound effects if you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. I would say fart breathing, but that's a, that goes into, like, sex joke territory, and I'm not comfortable with that. Uh... Oh no! I mean, you could you could write it off as a bobo bo thing. 
That's something true. Totally <laughs> would true. Do. <laughs> I also wrote a, a Bobo Bo Tsunami Faithful article. Check that out. <laughs> oh my God. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>